90% of all scientists that have ever been alive are alive today. That's a lot of information, but don't panic. It's not an exact science. Hey, Shannon, how are you? Doing pretty well, I think. This is in the future, so hopefully everything's fine. <laughs> We're actually a few shows ahead. <sighs> it never happens, and I'm sure we'll immediately be behind, but that's okay. <laughs> it's true. So <laughs> so I guess I'm great. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can already predict right now how this intro would go. If it were a couple weeks in the future, there'd be something about pumpkin spice latte season. A hundred percent, yeah. And um, you would get very giddy. <laughs> Look, it already is pumpkin spice latte season. I had one this morning uh, from our local coffee shop, not from the not coffee from the shop. <laughs> the coffee shop that will shall be unnamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to say that their pumpkin spice latte was immensely better. I had two pumpkin muffins yesterday. Yeah. It's climatological fall. It's fine. I can do these things. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> um i will say that our good friend gary mcmanus over at the ocs mesonet ticker had some real great stuff today because our temperatures have been really hot are supposed to be in like the mid 90s and the graphic he sent out today was princess leia and instead of bending down with you know c3po and the help us Obi-Wan Kenobi it was she was bending down to a pumpkin spice latte and it said help us pumpkin spice latte you're our only hope with a temperature map of the next <laughs> week <laughs> and it was just golden <laughs> as, as Gary's things always are always always and I was like mm, that sounds good I'm gonna go get one of those <laughs> so which coffee shop did you go to Stella Nova okay yeah I know you approve Yep. <laughs> yeah, super excellent. So there's a new coffee shop, though, called Press and Plow, which was really interesting because it was full service. So I walked in and it looked like a restaurant. And I was like, oh, I brought my laptop. I was going to work, you know. And he's like, no, you can. It's just full service. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> but. They're pumpkin muffins. Yeah, like, what's this word service? I haven't heard it in two and a half years. I know, exactly. I'm like, can I sit at a table? He's like, yeah, that's why they're there. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they're there. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, I'm not real bad with people, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, their pumpkin muffin was to die for. So sounds good. I will be going back there too. But uh, yeah, it's been a busy week, is all I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. With respect to pumpkin spice. <clears throat> yeah. And we'll just get busier as this becomes closer to airtime. That is exactly. That is exactly right. Because you got to shove it all in while you can, right? Yeah, Before exactly. you know it, those gingerbread lattes are going to be out. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a busy caloric season for me. Yes, it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah. <clears throat> Well, as as seasons are changing, I thought this would be a good time to actually talk about something that I was very surprised we hadn't dedicated a show to. And as with several shows on these type of topics, I just gave you an idea of what I wanted to talk about because I want to compare notes in real time. (laughs) Uh, I love those shows. (laughs) And it's how, when you need to learn, like, an entire field of something (laughs) (laughs) to collaborate with somebody, to deal with a project, to solve a problem that you're faced with. How do you do it? How many people, so when you suggested this, I thought, how many people do you think need to deal with this problem? (laughs) I think it's more than you would think, except a lot of people give up way too early. Okay. Yes. I think I've given up a couple of times already in my short-ish academic career, but I think I've got a handle on it now, so this is a very, this is very interesting to me, so, and I wondered how often this would 
happen in non-academic settings. But you're probably right. This is the thing where people are talking about their jobs or how they got where they are, and they say, then I made this complete pivot, right? <laughs> right, and I'm not necessarily saying like how you become an expert you know, in 90 right. days or something like that, but how do you know enough to navigate the field? Right. A conversation with somebody, a starting up a project with somebody, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and you and I knew nothing about podcasting, audio mixing, audio <laughs> processing. We still don't know a lot, but we know enough to get by. Yeah, for eight years worth, exactly. Um, I find that I have a lot to say about that when people ask me, and I'm like, oh, where did all that come from? <laughs> right. Uh-huh, yeah. So, uh, this is, yeah. And now... You know, like our little tagline says, right? There's like a lot of information out there. And so this is a totally different thing than it would have been even as little as 10 years ago, I feel like. Yes. And it's certainly a different thing from, you know, 20 years ago. Well, and one thing that sort of triggered this too was I saw a Facebook memory pop up from 10 years ago. And it was me developing some firmware on something, like right when I first got started. Like I, I was spending a day and a half figuring out how to read humidity from a sensor. Mm-hmm. And I was okay. like, wow. So at that point, you know, I look at my bookshelves now, and I see the books that I was using to learn that. Because though in 2012, the internet was certainly a thing, it wasn't it didn't have that extra decade of people asking questions on Stack Overflow for me. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And you exactly. still hit this when you, like, if you try to become an expert in paleomagnetism, you're not going to find a Stack Overflow and Reddit thread about it. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, there's some, there's some stuff that's still very, very specific. <laughs> and so how you approach it has to be totally different, right? It does, and the problem that a lot of people encounter and where they give up is, and it's not the, not knowing what you don't know, that's a different problem. Yes. It's not knowing the words <laughs> to start. Like, you know you need, I need this thing, I need a tool that would let me do this like reach around here and put this scrim, but I, there has to be something because this is a common problem, but I don't know what it would be called. Mm-hmm. That reminds what, me of the... What do I Google? <laughs> yes, exactly. It reminds me of the question that you frequently get that is like the most frustrating question as an educator, which is, I don't even know what to ask. I'm lost. I don't even know what to ask. And it's like, yeah. well, well, you've got to give me something <laughs> which is the same as if you sit down in front of an empty google bar well, you, you got to give it something to help you with <laughs> so so what do, what do you what do you do and so this is very interesting so not totally unwork related um i this happened this weekend so i i don't remember if i talked about it on the podcast um i took some beekeeping classes <laughs> I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but we talked about it. Right, right. So I, I took these beekeeping classes a while ago. Um, it was last winter. And I didn't do anything about it yet. There's a very specific time cycle for when you're, if you're going to get bees, when you get them and all this jazz. But my friend did. Um, we took the class together. And so I knew nothing about beekeeping. It's something that seems very interesting to me. I don't even like go through an amazing amount of honey or anything. I just think it's cool. You know, bees need some help. And so what we did was my friend had seen this class advertised. So we're both from, you know, Northeast Oklahoma. And it was a Northeast Oklahoma Beekeeping Association class. And she said, hey, do you want to go to this? I said, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> and so I go. And this is also a first for me in this class. I exclusively took notes on my tablet, which I've never exclusively done, right? I've always had my backup 
notebook. I usually go for the notebook because that's how I'm comfortable. Right. So I exclusively took notes in the note um, taking app on my tablet, color coded, you know, took pictures of the handouts they had, annotated the handouts within the thing. Okay, great. They give us a book too. All right. Fast forward to this weekend, and I asked my friend if she had checked on the bees, and she said, I haven't. She said, I know they're there, but you're supposed to crack open the hives and pull all the little frames and check out what's going on and make sure, like, the full life cycle of the bee is occurring, like, that you've got a queen that's laying eggs, you have larvae, you have honey, all this stuff. And you have to treat the bees for varroa. It's this mite that gets on bees and kills probably responsible for all the colony collapse stuff that's happening. And I should do this by getting this stick and putting this like oxalic acid crystals on the stick, hooking the stick to a car battery and vaporizing the solid acid. All right. That's pretty DIY. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so she was like, okay, not only are we going to check the bees, I get there. She's like, we're going to, we're going to, acid treat them i'm like okay cool <laughs> and so it was hilarious because we're in our beekeeper get-ups <laughs> and we're sitting there and i have my tablet open to the notes and we're referring to the notes we've read the little part in the book before we went out there and then as we're standing there before we're ready to do the acid treatment after we've checked everybody um we're watching like this three minute youtube video about how to do this <laughs> And so it was like all of the learning together, something that, you know, she she got these bees, the dude helped her put them in there, hadn't done anything with them, all we'd ever taken was this class. And so we used all those uh, different learning things, the tactile, <laughs> you just got to do it. You know, we opened up that first hive and we're like, okay, what are we looking for? And we kept looking at the different frames and then we started to identify it as I read the notes out loud. We're like, oh, okay, this is what he was talking about during this part of the class. Oh, look, you can see, you know, these are the honeycombs, and then here's the capped larval combs and all this stuff. So, yeah, that was how we did it. It was a mixture of all those things that are available to us now because of technology. <laughs> yeah, and YouTube cannot be, I mean, it is so important. That's how I repaired my dryer when the heating <laughs> element went out. <laughs> I, that's how we've fixed numerous small things with our cars exactly so <laughs> i didn't do this and i don't i think you're the reason that i go to youtube now because i never really went to youtube as a resource like this but it also may be that thing that you said earlier the fact that there's like a good solid 10 years of people asking questions <laughs> That the answers have gotten so much better online now. Oh, for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so, okay, if you go to, let's say you want to learn something totally new. Um, do you know how to weld? Mm-hmm. Okay, we can't use that then. Well, I mean, yes. Tangentially, I know how to weld. Okay, I'm trying to think of something that you wouldn't have any experience with, though. I don't know how to build a circuit board. <laughs> Is okay. that not enough? Is that not enough? Not sure. like random. <laughs> so, I mean, you probably have an idea of which end you pick a soldering iron up by, but. Yep. Got that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, you want to learn how to build a circuit board. What's the first thing you would do? Is it, would, like, would you go find a book? Would you go watch something online? Would you buy a kit? Would you just go buy equipment and start messing with it? Like, what's your approach? Okay. We could take a totally non-scientific thing. And I wanted to learn embroidery. And this is sort of the Perfect. same thing. Yeah. So I wanted to learn embroidery. I've, I, I don't know anything about it. Like, I know there are tools that seem familiar to me that it takes, right? Um, and so the first thing that I've done that I did was I just looked at the finished products of embroidery, right? So I searched, like, embroidery shops. And so I think that would be something I would look at a static image. Like, if I was doing a circuit board, I would just Google 
you know, circuit board. Hmm. Just to okay. see what it looks like. Like, I want to see the finished product out there, right? And I would do this with research, too. So, like, I want to get a paper. I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm going to read this paper, and I'm not going to understand it. But I still want to read it. Okay. And I think, yeah. and so, like, that's that's my first step, is just doing that. I just want to physically inspect this thing with my eyes because yeah and know what it is and see if I can I think I have to in order to learn like I have to think about how I would do it before I watch somebody do the thing right I want to like try to think in my mind what the steps towards making this are and then when I watch somebody do it, I can, like, reference what I thought. Maybe that's, like, building a wall to knowledge. Maybe I shouldn't do that, but it's certainly how I do it. Well, but it's also how you could say, like, oh, wow, they do it this way, but my way happens to be faster because I didn't learn on, like, okay, think about drawing in 3D CAD. That's an example I see all the time. Mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. tell people that learned 2D CAD in the 80s Ah. when they start doing 3D CAD, because you're like, why are you doing it that way? That's how I do it in 2D. It's like, yeah, but I never learned 2D CAD, and this is a much different and faster way to do it in 3D. (laughs) This is like that thing you say when you're like, you can can program anything with Fortran or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, you can write Fortran (laughs) in any language. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah, not saying so. that's good. Like writing Fortran in Python is bad, right? But <laughs> but, but it's you still also possible. might. <laughs> it's still possible. But you also might say like, "Oh, hey, yeah, like this isn't a accepted embroidery stitch, but look at this cool knot it makes." Like, yes. I want to use that in my. I want to use that in my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just. I want to know how my mind puts it together, and maybe that's part of like. This. Not the scientific training, but sort of, right? Like, we're scientists because we want to answer these questions. And you so, hypothesize how it works. <laughs> exactly. Like, before someone tells me, I want to think on my own how it works. I think that is a very important part of my learning that I've never, um, I've never put words to. And it's kind of mind-blowing right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for this um, session. I hope next time it goes just as good. <laughs> but really, yeah, like I want to see how I would do it. And this is super funny because I think this is probably ridiculously frustrating for my husband. And we always say like he's not a great teacher for me <laughs> because it's definitely like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you how it works. And he'll be like, you've never seen this in your life. I'm like, I know, but I want to see if I know how it works. Just let, just let right. me tell you. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I definitely do that. Yeah. So I don't want to see a video or sit down in a classroom until I've thought about the thing myself, right or wrong. Interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> so I like studying the work of or watching an expert do it as your first start with as your first thing yes yeah that's interesting okay yeah i definitely don't want that Mm -hmm. like if i wanted to learn how to tig weld i don't know how to tig weld right i did it once in high school i did a very bad job because i had no instruction somebody said here's a tig welder (laughs) Mm -hmm. um I would probably go find videos of professional TIG welders just doing their thing. Or look at photos of really beautiful TIG welds. Mm-hmm. Yep. And start getting an idea of this is what's possible. That's not where I'm going to be, but this is what's possible. Because that one that helps me evaluate, is this the thing I need to learn? Right. Because I might discover like, oh, well, it can't do this. So it's actually the wrong thing for me to try to be learning. Mm, That's an interesting point. Okay. Uh, The other thing (laughs) that I like to do, and uh, this has its big downsides, but some topics, this is how I do it, is 
I immediately dive to like the first principles and start working up, <laughs> which is the opposite of watching the experts do it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it really depends on the thing and how I'm feeling at the time. But there are some topics where I'll be like, no, I, I want to buy the canonical textbook on this subject and start in the preface and go through chapter 15. So I think that's my, in general, my second or third step. Okay. Is the book. <laughs> so mm -hmm. you still use dead tree books for things like this, right? Of course I do. <laughs> you monster. I do too. <laughs> but like I said, I got this beekeeping thing. I'm trying, I'm trying to be conscious of the earth. Um, but also I'm trying to be conscious of just like the space that all the things I want to learn would take up. Right. So I'm yes. <laughs> stuff well, and is... you can't have all the books with you in your backpack. Exactly. But you can on your tablet. Um, right. and as annotation gets better, I'm getting more okay with that as a, as a learning medium. Like, I, I'm just getting over, and the use of an e-reader has totally done this for me. Um, the need to, like, flip through. Like, people are like, I just want to hold it in my hand. And yes, there is value for that. And flipping back and forth. But guess what? There's a table of contents, and if you have a good delivery mechanism for that book, it's exactly the same. Yes. And so, as long as the interface is good i am noticing that i don't mind anymore if the books are digital i'm desperately trying to get more digital books mm -hmm. less highlighters yeah less sitting in the coffee shop with the whole table covered with three textbooks <laughs> now you just have three ipads out <laughs> I was like, it is a little annoying, though, because, like, okay, if I have a math textbook up, like, I'm going to have to have pencil and paper yeah, to be working problems. I can't mm -hmm. do both. Yeah, okay, yeah, you can split screen it. Guess what? That doesn't work really great for equations that take half a page. <laughs> yes, yeah, that that is exactly right. But, you know, it's still one less. I don't know. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it as much. But that's definitely my second or third and, and I didn't realize that, but I definitely, if, if there was something that I kind of want to get into, I've been thrown into, like, the whole group of lake sedimentologists. Right. <laughs> Which is not, you know, that is not, and even magnetostratigraphy, even though I'm a paleomagnetist, like, that and magnetostratigraphy are actually two very different things. And so, that's a new thing for me. And 100%, I didn't go to the book on magnetostratigraphy. I went and I read all these papers first. And I was like, okay, if this is the output and I were designing this experiment, these are the steps I would want to follow and make sure I do. And then you go back and read the book. And it's like, oh, okay. I miss this part or, Oh, this is how they would do, you know, my step three needs to be tweaked in this manner. Like I have to have the idea already settled before I double check it. I think we're more similar than you think, because to me, reading the paper is watching the experts work. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Like you're seeing the final outcome of somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, one of my steps used to be, and to be honest, it's becoming less of a step. I think this is somewhat a COVID factor, somewhat a the internet is ruining this factor. <laughs> um, it used to be to find, I don't want to say a user's group, but ha. the equivalent. <laughs> like you would, you would find the Linux user's group in your area if you wanted to learn Linux. Yeah. And you would go to meetings every other Monday night and mm -hmm. talk Linux with people, hang around people that know what they're doing, learn. When you learn something new, give a presentation, watch presentations. 
uh, LabVIEW users groups. I was heavily involved in one of those in Colorado. They're yeah. going away. Are they? Or are you just not accessing them? I think a lot of users groups are going away. Why? I think the internet's ruining them. Because of the sheer volume of trolls or what? Well, no, just the sheer volume of why do I need to drive somewhere and deal with 30 people when I can find a Stack Overflow answer in 10 minutes that gets me 90% of the way there. Yeah. Yep. Now, I enjoy the face-to-face socialization aspect. Right. But I think I'm about the youngest person that does. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see that completely. And I don't know if that's good, really. Well, no, because there's so much tribal knowledge. Uh yeah. That you get from going to like these Linux users groups, hearing stories that like you're not going to go read a Reddit. Maybe you are. I don't know. I don't go <laughs> read a Reddit thread of like Linux horror stories from system administrators. <laughs> but when we would go teach somewhere at a university and we'd go out to dinner with the system administrators, I'd sure hear some. Right. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, I mean, users groups finding experts locally. So now I'm not just watching YouTube videos or reading a paper or watching pictures on Instagram of people embroidering. Like mm-hmm. Now I'm going and hanging out with people that have done it. Yes. Yeah. And it's those, that's like, I don't know, those are like the finishing touches to the knowledge because what you usually learn is not in those situations. It's not what you set out to learn. It's those completely random nuggets that occur that stick with you that you're like, man, I would have never figured this out had this guy not told this random story that included this chunk of knowledge, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're struggling with how to capture that at work. Like mm. how, how I spent an hour plus trying to figure out why something this microcontroller wouldn't take a program from my laptop okay worked and worked and worked and worked and worked then one time it did and then it wouldn't again and i couldn't figure out what was going on finally figured out that when my laptop was plugged into the wall its ground was referenced to wall ground And the power supply that I was using to power the microcontroller wasn't, so the grounds were at different levels. But if I unplugged my laptop, they were both floating, and it worked. Wow. So I put a ground jumper on the power supply to the microcontroller, and now everything works. Like, how do you capture that Mm -hmm. in a knowledge base so that in two years, me or somebody else can go, I feel like I've heard about this. (laughs) <laughs> but what did I do? <laughs> so this happened to me. It completely different situation, but the exact same like purpose. Today, I go to lecture in my native science class about minerals. And the background of my opening slide says, what is a mineral and where do they come from? That's not the background. That's the words. The background... <laughs> is a picture of what I sort of remember. This is a definite day-night science story. (laughs) I think it's like neurons. So it's this bluish, dark, purple, blackish network of things. And there's little bursts of what look like light, which I'm assuming is like the neurons firing in there. And so the point, like, then my next slide is about the Big Bang, right? So nucleosynthesis. Right. <laughs> and I opened it up, like, you know, half an hour before class. And I'm like, why did I put this in here? Why is this the background? Like, I know I did it for a reason, and I absolutely know it was a night science reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, and it's so funny, because this happens to me every year, and I could never remember it why I did it or write it down. And I think it was like, because, you know, light elements 
came from the Big Bang, essentially, right? And then once stars started exploding, we had got heavier elements. And, and I think that picture, to me, looked like a bunch of galaxies. And it was something about, like, the scales. Like, this isn't a galaxy. These are actually neurons, even though it really looks just like this Hubble picture, you know? And I thought, right. why? There's so many, like, little pictures like that. I have, I looked this up. I had five Word documents, various labels of tips and tricks, <laughs> like <laughs> notes about what I'm thinking, <laughs> right. spread throughout like the last like three years. So there's these five random documents that have one or two random sentences explaining my thought process for X, Y, or Z lecture. <laughs> Yes, and my favorite is when you read one of those and you go, what? <laughs> what was I trying to say? I know. Five documents. <laughs> You're like, orange jelly bean banana split. <laughs> Delicious what? or grotesque? Gosh. Pass Shannon, You're failing. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, so I mean, I think part of it is, well, and that, that kind of ties into learning something new of how deep do you need to go? Right. Yes. Because feasibly these experts that we're tapping in have been doing this in some cases for numerous decades. <laughs> and and I, I've just searched wheel knots and embroidery and <laughs> don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... I really struggle with how deep to go when I'm learning something. Because, because you be... want to keep going forever? Right. Yeah. Same. <laughs> to be honest, my general philosophy is I'm going to pick a topic and I'm going to fixate on it for some number of months <laughs> until I have exhausted the resources that are easily available to me. Oh, this is where my weird type A comes out of like, I'm a fairly happy person, obviously. I think my baseline happiness level is orders of magnitude above most people's. And this I, is I the, think so too. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one thing that will get me utterly depressed instantly is to think about all the knowledge I just don't have time to acquire. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have to be selective about it. Like, Ugh. you know how when the little kids are like, they go through the train phase. Yes. Yeah, for sure. They go through whatever other phases. Yeah. The car like, phase. The, the mm -hmm. car. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a biologist at some point. Oh, yeah. We're in the veterinary phase right now with my daughter. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> right. They become obsessed and fixated on that mm -hmm. thing. I just never quit doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I can see that completely. And I I maintain a lot of those knowledge segments because now in my adult life, they're all highly related. Right. Um, right. You know, like I was obsessed with learning how to run a CNC mill for like a year and a half. I got pretty good at running a CNC mill. We have a couple now. So now I'm going to, you know, get obsessed with how do I design circuit boards? So did that. Like, now we do that. It's like, okay, now I'm going to. So, yeah, for me, it's find an expert, see what's possible, dig potentially deep into the, the subject, sometimes too deep, <laughs> get to a workable level uh not novice not advanced you know comfortably advanced intermediate mm -hmm. knowledge level and then move on see that's very funny when you put it together like that i think that's how my husband works too i lack a little bit of the tenacity to keep with it because of the breadth of the things I want to know is still quite wide. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. 
my breadth is is wide and my depth is not as much but i think that's definitely how my husband works too he's like i'm well so he did this with tig welding so he's had a big welder since he was i don't know like 12 or something ridiculous um <laughs> i think it's about to quit and it's going to be like a death in the family essentially <laughs> Right, (laughs) but he wanted to learn tick welding just like you were talking about earlier you know and so he watched all the videos all the videos you know every video every video um figured out you know what it would do for him what he wanted it to do and then he went and took the tick welding class at the local community college because he wanted to practice before he bought one right so so yeah so he took the you know the three-month class on TIG welding, and then he started to go into, you know, which TIG welders did what, what were all the things that he needed before he bought one, and yeah, it was a months and months and months thing, and then he'll move on to, you know, the next skill he wants to acquire, exhaust it, just like you do, yeah, and then the next one, yeah, yep. And I don't know, I think his operation is very similar in that like once he decides, okay, I'm going to do this TIG welding. Okay. He's gone and done some TIG welding. Now it's time to buy a TIG welder. I'm not going to go buy the Cadillac because I would be broke if I did mm-hmm. that for everything I want to learn. But mm-hmm. also at this point, I know enough to know that the entry level machines suck and I'm not going to waste my time. Yes. He's exactly like that. You're correct. So it's like, yep. I shoot for the prosumer line. <laughs> of equipment <laughs> so this is so funny so like he quit his, his job as um you know a dealership mechanic because he's like i'm done like i know all the stuff there is to know i know that sounds snotty but it sort of was um true you know i know everything about repair and he's like i want to restore cars now i know nothing about paint and body and so just it's just constant like videos of that and then he went and worked for two different people that did paint and body so he could learn that. And now that he's done that, and this is several years, just, I know so much about automotive paint <laughs> now. Right. I shouldn't know anything about it, but I do, right? <laughs> and that's so funny because he is absolutely like a staunch supporter of the prosumer lines of, of paint. And he can tell you why. He can tell you why the cheap one's not the way to go and why the pro one is usually not the way to go to in yep. disgusting detail. <laughs> For hours. <laughs> this is why we get along and you don't let us in the same room very often. That is absolutely true. <laughs> 100%. Oh, man. If we do, it's under closely monitored conditions by, Good Lord. by no you one, and Lindy. No one needs to talk about machines that much. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. And let me tell you, I will say that... We're working on building our own shop, and there's a lot of reference to your shop in the discussions. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> well, and like when uh, when I was learning to fly to get my private pilot's license, I watched a ton of videos of people flying around. <laughs> and so when I got to the, you know, okay, like now we need to do, we need to talk to a control tower on the radios. It's just like, blah, it came out. You're like, you're really good on the radios. It's like, well, I've been listening to people do it for six months. Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. Am I yep. perfect at it? Do I understand everything fully? No. Like, that's why, that's why we take instruction. That's why we read books. But you've watched the experts do it enough that it feels like something you've kind of already done in your mind. Right. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think more people should reflect on this. <laughs> and like, how do you not learn? Like, what what ways can you definitively say, like, I've tried to learn, you know, X by doing Y, and nope. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you how students don't learn. <laughs> That's right, okay. For sure. I mean, I can tell you that all day. And it's the fact that you're not intrinsically motivated to to do it. Because right. if you're if I'm like, okay, I want to learn how to build this circuit board. I know you. My, you know, husband can teach me how to solder, do all that jazz. 
And so it's like I could be sitting here and I could look at one and say, I don't even know what to do with that. And then I just don't learn. (laughs) Okay. But you could literally try anything associated with that picture of a circuit board and you can learn something about it. So you just have to be intrinsically motivated to keep going. That's it. Like the first time I soldered, I sucked at it. Who doesn't? Oh, yeah. Everyone sucks at soldering at first. You've got to get all that stuff stuck up on the gun before you can, you know, figure out what's actually happening and doing it. But you have to come back and try it again. Like, that's the deal. You just have to want to keep doing it, even when you don't see success. Oh, yeah. You know, and if you don't have that, you won't learn. That is 100% correct. So Yeah. Is there something you've done that you haven't learned because you just couldn't figure out how? No. I'm going to guess if it's, it's not. <laughs> I don't. There's some stuff that I would say it's been pretty close on just, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not equipped with the background knowledge to do this. Okay. More so, though, for me, it's been I start learning it and I go, you know what? This isn't actually what I need to know. Or that you want to do. Or that you want to. Yeah, sometimes you start doing it and you're like, yeah, this isn't for me. Correct. I don't want to make my own soap. I love crafts. (laughs) I do. I'm an unabashed scrapbooker. Yeah, all that stuff. I don't care one lick about making soap or candles. I'll buy them all day long. (laughs) Don't care. (laughs) And it's not because I don't want to know. Or it's not because I can't figure it out. It's because I don't want to do it. (laughs) I tried hard for two or three years to learn iPhone app development. In fact, it was in my resolutions for at least two years. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tried video courses. I tried books. And I found that the amount of effort that went into like making a, I'm going to shake my phone and it rolls dice, like simplest app you can imagine, far outweighed the amount of effort I was willing to put in to do things that I was interested in doing. No kidding. Hmm. I didn't find it rewarding. I didn't find it like I had an idea of an app that I wanted to do. And after seeing what went into it, I said, you know, I, this one, it's not a money-making proposition. Uh, Two, I just don't care about doing it. Oh, So this is what makes being human exciting because there are people that care about doing it. And you can say, I appreciate your knowledge. I will pay you for it. Precisely. And And they'll do a better job than you would have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they're more passionate about it. Like they're more intrinsically motivated to do it. Where it's a chore for you, it's a joy for them. And I just realized that this is how I feel about cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Hence, why Brahms is great. (laughs) Like, I love thinking about it. I have cookbooks. I semi-find it enjoyable. But gosh, it's just easier to pay somebody to give me food. (laughs) To me, a cookbook's like a menu. You go through it and you're like, I want that. (laughs) I'm not going to make it, but I want it. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That is, Yeah. I feel this way about smoking meat. I love barbecue. It's some of my favorite food. I have zero interest in learning how to make it. Mm-hmm. Like, I will grill, but I'm not going to spend more than, you know, 30 minutes at that grill. There's no right. smoked pork butt in my futures in terms of homemade. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, this has been enlightening. This might be an episode I have to go back and listen to again. Right. <laughs> This is beyond, like, the normal things that we talk about, like, our learning styles or whatever. This is, like, a deeper, yeah. Well, like, like, do you learn well if somebody is just like, I am going to show you how to do this? No. I don't either. I have to be able to open my mouth and engage with that. Like, I can't do that. You have to... 
like I said, I think I'd rather like I'd I'd rather try it first than yep. be shown and be like, here's this thing I did. Now tell me about it. Now let me watch you do it. Now you show me what I did wrong. And this is so, where you told me I was a tactile learner and I said, No way. And then I right. took that quiz and I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, and sometimes like I don't even mind being shown. It's just that before I need to say, like, okay. What are we going to learn? Okay, yes. today we're going to learn how to solder components on a circuit board. Okay, great. What are the tools that I'm going to need to know about? What are we going to do? And I'm going to go prep. <laughs> like, I'm one of those people. Before You know that professors would give, like, before you come to lecture on this date, you need to have read chapters two and three. Yes. Like, I need to do that, or I might as well not go to lecture. Like, I need to be mentally prepared. I didn't understand chapters two and three. But my mind now has a framework of the, this is the puzzle that we're going to be putting together. And now I need to put those pieces in it. If anyone in my Earth's Past Climate class is listening to this, this is why we assign you ridiculously hard research papers before we talk about them in class. <laughs> That's exactly why we do it. Because I don't have the mental space, the mental, not space, the mental bandwidth to internalize what you're trying to teach me, how you're trying to teach me to do it, and the other information you're telling me at once. I need to be pre, pre-cognated. I need to have those books <laughs> ready to be filled of this is what I'm going to learn today. And this is kind of the shape of what it's going to look like. That's a precognated. The best. That's the best. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to use it as a verb. I'm going to precognate you with this. Yep. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's the perfect description for what that is. I mean, th- honestly, though I hate this as a teaching tool, this is why fill-in notes work. I hate it as well. But you are correct. I don't like them as a student. <laughs> nope. I don't like them as a teacher. I don't either. But, yes. man, they work. <laughs> uh, that is right. And I struggle every year with posting my PowerPoint slides beforehand. And there are so many students. Like, I know that's the number one negative thing that I will get in my reviews. Is that, well, number two. Because I don't turn stuff back in a timely manner. <laughs> but it's that I wish I had the PowerPoint slides beforehand. And I always get so mad. I'm like, why, why do you need to see them? So you don't come to class. And they're like, no, I just need to read them beforehand. And I'm gaining a better appreciation for the need for students to do that. And I think maybe this next semester I will change how I do it. I mean, this workshop, we printed off a couple reams of paper of the slides (laughs) with note areas by them. And I thought this is going to be a giant waste of resources. Mm -hmm. More than half the class was writing on the paper. On the paper. Great. That's great. Yeah. And and honestly, I don't even care if it's in the recycle bin right after that. They, They did the act of writing on it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, none of it was because, yeah, (laughs) why would they do that? But, yeah, it's, it's, that's a very interesting point, this (laughs) precognated. I love it because I am very anti posting my slides. I want stuff to be like new and exciting and the first time you've seen it. But like, you're kind of, that's kind of right. Like, that would stress me. I see it as anxiety. It's very anxiety-inducing in some students that they don't have the information beforehand. Imagine you're trying to learn to drive a car, and some teacher says, I want this to be new and exciting. I know. <laughs> For everyone on the road. <laughs> it's like, I know that we've not talked about how multi-lane highways work, but let's go get on a six-lane highway. It's, it'll be the first time you've seen it. It'll be a great learning experience. Like, no, I need, I need to be ready for this. Oh. 
See, this is almost convincing me to just go ahead and post my lectures now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And I don't think, and so, you know, some people will use it as like, well, I see there's only 15 slides today. I'm not going to go to class or whatever. Um, yeah. But I think that a lot of teachers very specifically get focused on the, that small percentage of students and say, this is why I'm not going to do it. You know, because you'll just use it as an excuse. But, I mean, most of the time, people in your class, because they want to learn the stuff in your class. So why not help them precognate? Because then maybe they'll have better questions when they get there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully they're well-rested and, you know, all those other things, too. They're ready to be creative. <laughs> exactly. Which brings <laughs> us to everybody's favorite segment of the show. Fun Paper Friday. I did not plan these two topics to go together like this, but they do. They do. <laughs> and I was reading through here, and this is why I always pick the fun papers, John, because you send me 30 minutes before we record this 20-page paper. <laughs> <clears throat> so blame Daryl. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> and also know that there can be a decent amount of skimming in this paper. <laughs> and you should know that there was. <laughs> but this is very interesting, and it does go along with it very well. Um, it's from and... the Journal of Business Venturing. <laughs> it's, it's a new one for us. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. Thanks, Daryl. Definitely uh, stretching out of our medical knowledge in this fun paper. Right. <laughs> So, having a creative day, understanding entrepreneurs' daily, that's a hard word, daily entrepreneurs, <laughs> entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, yeah, there we go, <laughs> I'm regretting reading this title, daily idea generation through a recovery lens by Weinberger et al. Yes. Three of these four authors have W last names, which is interesting. <laughs> it, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Um, what a weird journal, number one. Which number is really two. a V, right? Because most of these are Germans. <laughs> You're correct. Uh, so veggie is that last one? Veggie. Um, veggie. Uh, number two, I really dislike the phrase recovery lens. I... I like the content of this paper. I did not enjoy the way it was presented. No. No. I don't know if there's too much night science in it or it's just, yeah. It's presented in a very hand-wavy, change-the-world-through-Silicon-Valley-pitch way. Yeah, which is probably what you want in the Journal of Business Venturing. Right. And there were so many like parables that didn't and a paucity of data, but for nineteen pages. <laughs> well, and it's not it's not our style of paper, it's not our style of research, but yes. I still learned something from it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did find it super interesting that the introduction, the first paragraph is in italics and it is a fictional scenario yes this is the parable that was very strange to me but as i kept reading i'm like okay yeah i get it it set me up for applying their hypotheses to a situation right and you know you think about somebody's like okay well let's say we have a person let's call that person bob and bob has a friend that you know you can think about this in any legal context <laughs> <laughs> that, that you want, like when a lawyer's supposing something happens. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're really good for that. And in this case, they set up this scenario of you've got two co-owners of a company. One is 38 and one is 58. How do they deal with being creative and time off work differently? Mm-hmm. And it and turns out 
if you're it's old. Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it it's really interesting the, the way that they set these up because I wouldn't have thought of it in this manner. And they do ascribe this creativity. The one that was most interesting to me was the age part of this. Like, I get the whole, there's a lot of talk about, like, you need to get a good night's sleep. Yeah, that felt a little overdone. Is uh, very many pages about this. Well, um, it's not that that's a new finding. Like, and that's what I was just Lots say. of information on this. So much research on that, right? Um, this is my new favorite thing. We talk about all this bias mitigation and everything that we do an awful lot of now. Um, my favorite one is they talk about when you sit down to review stacks of applications, make sure you've eaten. And I laughed hysterically, but it comes up over and over again. And I'm like, this is a hilarious thing that we have to remind people of. But having been on the receiving side of some hangry people in these three-hour-long meetings, they're not wrong. Oh, yeah. So make sure you're well-fed and make sure you've slept a lot. But the more interesting thing, I thought, was that age disparity. So they set up those two, you know, 20-year-old apart people and... About how as you get older, you have less career-focused goals because feasibly you've met many of them and you're monetarily in a better situation than you were 20 years ago. And so you're more likely to switch off thinking about work when you're not at work. Yeah, you're the young, hungry entrepreneur trying to make and survive as a company versus yeah you're you're comfortable you've got kids maybe grandkids that you want to spend time with and you're looking towards that retirement part of life mm-hmm. you're like okay i've achieved 75 percent of what i set out to achieve and i'm good with that so i don't need to sit and ponder on my off work time how to grow I'm maintaining instead. And it's funny because there's a a friend of ours that is marginally older than me. Very little. We're both still in roughly the same category. Who is in a different but similarly technical line of work. And our wives were talking over barbecue one evening. And his wife said there are some times where he's home at the table and we're talking but he's not there (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's sitting in the shop trying to work on this problem that he's been working on all week Mm -hmm. yep exactly and my wife said yes yes i see that too and yeah, uh-huh. no, that's a real thing. And that's sometimes oh. when you solve these problems. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. I can tell as well, my husband and I, and I'll be like, what car gave you trouble today at work? And he's like, well, I'm trying to figure this thing out. I'm like, okay, that's cool. We were talking about something completely different, but <laughs> I knew well, Or you can take the tact of just continuing your part of the conversation being like so went to jupiter today and oh yeah i've definitely we'll, done that. we'll be like yeah uh-huh. oh, that's, that's nice <laughs> yep was it cool there all right <laughs> yeah so that's this is putting sciency sort of background to those thinkings which i thought was interesting but yeah they, they put sleep monitors on they had Likert surveys that entrepreneurs took. So they had 30-something useful cases uh, of 12 days of continuous monitoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did find it very interesting. They said they used a 1 to 5 Likert scale because of extended survey fatigue in participants. And there were a bunch of references for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Which I can see. Yes, correct. Um, (laughs) That doesn't surprise me. If you're a business owner and you're in the middle of trying to figure something out 
and the alarm goes off and you go, it's time for my six o'clock survey. Mm -hmm. That survey better be short and sweet because you want to get back to work. Yeah, exactly. If it's going to be meaningful. So, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have time to debate. Am I a six or am I eight on this scale? It's like, nope, (laughs) I'm above or below or average. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which statistically isn't, you know, I don't know. Maybe it is just the same. So, So when I was in grad school, I had a little form that I filled out every day for, I'm going to say at least a year. And they just got recycled, but it was like, okay, it had a place for me to put my list. Like, what am I going to do today? And I even did this here some before, you know, now we have to time track everything Mm -hmm. for consulting, but, and then at the bottom, it was like, what did you like about today? What are you going to do different in other days than you did today? And then I had like two little Likert questions. And the point was not to collect that data. It was the point was to, to make me stop long enough to think about it. To barf it out? Like, mm-hmm. I'm never, I'm never going to get today again. So I should do more of the things I liked and less of the things I didn't like going forward. And I should bring that back. How long did you keep that and ruminate on it? Just for like a day and then... Oh, yeah. I mean, it was was probably the next morning when I came in and got a blank one out. I threw that one in the recycle bin. Okay. This is really interesting. Um, I recently met with a student, and I won't disclose a lot of this, but one of the things that they did at their internship that that company does is a very detailed matrix every morning about how you feel... And it is so I'm trying to think of what's on the X axis and what's on the Y axis. So it's sort of like an emotional and like a physical. And it's this like 80 choices. It's a huge list. Oof. Talk about survey ha- fatigue. <laughs> they, ha- yeah, they have to fill that out. And it's like just plot where you are this morning. And they have to fill it out before their computers will like turn on for them. Oof. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and that I thought, is. wow, because it's very scientific firm. And so I'm like, this is very touchy feely for science, but also like, it's kind of, it's kind of neat. And I think that is the purpose is to make you ruminate on it. And then you do it at the end of the day. And then you can sort of view what you've done that day through that lens, if I will, of like, man, I was really tired today. I didn't get as much done. And instead of being like, I didn't get this done. I suck. I'm dumb. You can be like, look, I can look back at my emotional scale. And it's like, I was just really tired. We'll do it again differently tomorrow. I think that is a very interesting idea. Well, I can tell you today, the day that we're recording, like I came home pretty fired up. Like I was somewhat upset on a number of topics. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically had to say, I didn't get as much done today as I wanted because of all of these things that happened. My brain is telling me that I need to scarf down some food, open my laptop and sit here and work for the next four hours to try to catch up. But I mm-hmm. also know from experience that all that's going to do is fatigue my mind more. I'll wake up fatigued. <laughs> And this cycle gets worse and worse and worse until I have to reset. Yep. Good for you. So that's kind of what they're saying in here too, though, is like as a, as these business owners, they surveyed, like we need to be creative to keep our business alive. And there's this idea that creativity is you've got it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And right. they're saying, no, like everybody has some, sure, some people have more than others, but everybody's, the majority of their creativity fluctuates based on these psychophysiological conditions. Man. Hmm. Like when you don't get as much sleep, it statistically was significant that you didn't have as much creative output. Right. Yeah. So don't beat yourself up. It's fixable but you have to realize what it is that's doing it too just like you said so well and do you ever have days 
I, I know I do where, okay, I had some plans, but I get in and I'm like, you know, like the juices are flowing today. I'm going to set aside the programming that I needed to do today because I can feel, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in a creative mode today. Like I'm going to sit down and write a list of 20 new products we can make. We'll evaluate if they're good another time, (laughs) but I'm going to sit down and sketch them out right now because that's the mode I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. That was Monday for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was this Monday. And I was like, you know, this wasn't what I was planning to do today. This was something I was planning to do on Friday. That's my time that I have allotted for this sorts of ventures. And I said, no. And I sat down and, well, I didn't sit down. That was the point was I was in the lab and I went through and yeah, got a whole bunch of stuff lined up that I had not planned on doing because it just felt like I was in the mindset to do it. Yep. Exactly. So you have to be open to creativity. How do we measure that? <laughs> Oof, yeah. <laughs> That'll be next week, right? We'll find we'll find that next week. <laughs> right. <laughs> so if you've got feedback on how you learn things, how you're creative, or want to compare your sleep data <laughs> to your creative output at work, Shannon, how can they send that in? Show at don'tpanicgeocast.com. We're on Twitter uh, at don'tpanicgeo. I'm at Shannon Doolin. John is at geo underscore Lehman. And as always, thank you to our Patreon supporters for keeping us creative. You can support us too. Patreon.com slash don'tpanicgeo. And until next week, remember, don't panic. It's not an exact science. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed are solely ours and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers or funding agencies.